Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Yala Buzz, Singapore's number one podcast on social issues not covered by mainstream media. Are you not covered by anyone? <laughs> yeah. Of significance. And yeah, who who rated us number one? Who cares, right? It's all. I mean, as long as someone out there thinks you're number one. We were just talking about this. That that that's a the cool thing about podcasts. You don't really know who's number one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I mean, they you they have no idea how many people subscribe to a particular podcast, and I actually like that, man. Yeah, that that people only come to you because they're interested in what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how many subscribers. Oh my god, you got two hundred thousand followers means you must be legit. Fuck that, man. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, not, that that's not discounting that we have <laughs> millions breaks. who tune in every week, uh, millions, like seriously, millions. Yeah, yeah. So today, oh, so for those of you new listeners, this is a weekly podcast that Terence and I do. We're from Ministry of Funny, and we just talk about stuff that we think is important that doesn't really get spoken about enough in be it mainstream media, even with friends. You know, those kind of times you meet up with your friends and everyone just talks about superficial shit. And because we're Ministry of Funny, it, we try to make it a little bit funny. La. Yeah, la, we try because we're funny as fuck, man. Yeah. So, what we normally do is we talk about one serious issue and we end off with something that is a bit more goofy. So, to start off with, we are going to be talking about old people. More specifically, a recent study that was done by, it was a two-year study by the, done by the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy, which was uh, around... The, the amount of monthly, monthly finances required for an elderly person to have a, a, a decent living. Wait, wait so why? Uh, okay, I mean, uh, uh, do you have, is there more no. description? I mean, I realized the description also wasn't the best, so feel free to fire away. So it's basically about how much old people need to survive per month in Singapore. Okay, so that's where it's a bit tricky. It's not so much survive, because oh. I think survive, there's, there's some nuances there. Like, I mean, to survive versus have a, uh, a dignified or, or decent living. La. Okay, so yeah. why, why are you interested in this topic? As in, um, uh, I mean, from your own personal experience. La, just I think even before going there, so there was a number that was come out, uh, that, was, that was determined. It was a, and okay, so just to clarify, it was a two-year study. It was done by interviewing over 100 elderly people, 55 years and above from a whole bunch of different backgrounds. Um, and, and it was, by, by scientific study standards, a pretty legitimate study. And they came up with a number uh, that the, the, the most talked about number was $1,379, which was the amount uh, that a 64-year-old person, 64 and above-year-old person needs to have a decent living per month. So as with most things that concern money and social handouts, the internet was kind of divided. Some people were saying, oh, you know, like, all these people, you know, I don't expect anyone to take care of me when I'm old. And, you know, these people didn't prepare. So why should they use taxpayers' money to pay them for this? And and some of them were like, oh, you know, actually maybe it points to certain... Oh, I forgot one thing. So one, one thing that caused a lot of uh, uh, polarizing was that part of this expenditure was for stuff like a handphone, mm. uh, a once-a-year trip to a country. Uh, I think accommodation and flights, all n- nothing more than $500, yep. two to three days. Uh, like um, some allowances for festive uh, uh, decorations and gifts, right? Gifts. And gifts and a Bluetooth speaker, mm-hmm. which was and and so how this study was done, from what I understand, is that they did this focus groups and asked the senior citizens what they would need for a decent living, and then the researchers went out to places that were selling this at not the highest price, uh, the most accessible price. And then they tallied up the amount and that amount amounted to 1379. Yeah. And of course, for different demographics, like 55 and above, it's slightly higher. But 
Uh, the reason why people were saying, oh, you know, why should we use taxpayers' money to pay for Bluetooth speakers? Why do you need a mobile phone? Why do you need a holiday? And of course, yeah, like, that's where the internet was somewhat divided. Mm, mm, mm. So, so why I feel it's interesting is because, I mean, to me, like the purpose of this study, first of all, at no point did they say the taxpayers' money is going to be used to fund this. Yep. And to me, it points to the whole thing that, yeah, do we just want our old people or elderly people to survive or actually have a decent living. La. Yeah. Does it include um, paying for a vehicle? Uh, no, but public transport, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think a public transport pass. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you include paying for a vehicle in Singapore, it's it's 1379 is nowhere yeah. close to enough at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, I did try to read up more on the study, but I also don't want to go into the specifics because one thing that these studies kind of do is when they get out to the masses, I think... In some way, they also we also need to evaluate it based on what is communicated. La. So if if they don't communicate it properly, then it's the, on the fault of the communicator. But I mm. think for it to be discussed amongst the masses, amongst uh, laymen like you and me, we also need to look at the standout points, like because, yeah, uh, I mean, if I go into the technical details, I'm gonna have to read out a lot more. And to everyone who's listening, it might get a little technical. But just over the broad strokes, what I found uh, a, a hint of when reading the comments. Uh, and people like Kelvin Cheng who kind of said, so Kelvin Cheng pointed out that this is yet another study by academics in the ivory towers. And I, mm. and that's what uh, a quote he said. Who And he was saying it's a pointless study and what these academics in the ivory towers should do is get down to the ground and actually help people. Yeah. So in some way, I felt it kind of too simplistically dismissed the study Mm-mm-mm. because the point of the study was to find out what is a decent living. I mean, they specifically said it's a decent living uh, and okay so this is a passage that they, they kind of define what a basic standard of living in Singapore is so it's going to sound technical because I'm reading off the study a basic standard of living in Singapore is about but more than just housing food and clothing it is about having opportunities to education employment and work-life balance as well as access to healthcare. It enables a sense of belonging respect security and independence it also includes choice to participate in social activities and the freedom to engage in one's cultural and religious practices so why I felt it is actually an interesting study because there's one aspect of surviving. La. But, I mean, there are more and more statistics come out, coming out about, I don't know, for example, increasing suicide rates among the elderly in Singapore. Mm. And, I mean, just looking from within my own family and people who are 60 and above, 70 above, even my own mom, when you're old, you can't really evaluate their lifestyle based on yeah. your lifestyle in 30s and 40s. Yeah. And even something as simple as loneliness can fuck up your mind, man. Yeah. And and I and I think for de- let's say to prevent dementia, I think there are more and more studies showing that dementia can be prevented by more social interaction. Mm. So when I think when I see this, so you're saying I, I, if I hear what you're saying is that uh, just putting a dollar figure on what older the older people need is not enough. Is also uh, thinking about the the psychological makeup. Yeah. Of these people as well. Yeah, because like for people to say, oh, you know, why do you need a Bluetooth speaker? Why do you need money to do social activities? I almost feel like then you're just kind of looking at the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Then is it the cost of the Bluetooth speaker that's limiting? Because yeah, maybe there's a fucking cheap Bluetooth speaker that we can get. Yeah. So is that what it make, what makes it okay? As opposed to thinking, okay, if they need Bluetooth speaker, like if they need, like one expense was for dental checkups, yeah. dentures, and you know, just a small allowance to buy new clothes. Yeah. So of course you might think, what the fuck, they need new clothes. You know, just use same old shit. La. But I do think that these kind of things affect your psych- affect your psychology. La. Mm. And especially when you're alone, these kind of little things have have a lot more impact than you would think. Mm. 
Uh, and that's why I feel like people that who are crit- critical of this, if they criticize it based on, oh, you know, like uh, pointing out at the social interaction not being something important for old people, yeah, then I feel I'm more, uh, I feel more obliged to read it. But if it's just like, oh, you know, I I don't expect anyone to owe, uh, no one owes me a living, and no one owes these people a living. Yeah, which to me is like it's the same thing. Like poor people are poor because they're poor. But then, okay, but the, they're, they're lazy. The bulk of the comments uh, are they actually? trying to address the number or are they just saying that the ac- academics are misguided in what they're trying to do uh, they have I an mean, agenda from what I saw there's, there's a bit of that there are some people saying oh these academics are just doing a useless study there are some who say who try and uh, evaluate oh you know 1379 why does it need to be blah 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 then there are some people who say the estimate of a five, uh, once a year trip costing $500 breaks down to like like a dollar uh, $10 a week mm. almost so is that really a big deal and then you get some people who are actually quite, quite, in some way, not supportive of the study per se, but supportive of the idea that the study is trying to get across. That do we want our elderly to just survive or actually just have something more than just scraping by? La? Yeah, I'm, what I'm surprised is that they didn't include like, uh, I don't know if they did, la, but rather than a Bluetooth speaker, why not give them a budget for classes, like line dancing classes or or crochet or something at like like, a community center. The, the amount I've tried to get my mom to just go for a five-minute walk every day, right, is fucking like, I've tried, it's like talking to a brick wall. Yeah. So I think getting them to do stuff that is, I mean, they might not be doing, but... Uh, dance a, classes, man. Have you have you seen like, every week I go oh, yeah, to the yeah, CC, the line dancing classes, they start at 7.30 in the morning, man. They're not right. even... But to get a non-dancer to go for line, line dancing classes, yeah. and to clarify, it's, it's line dancing, not lion mm. dancing. Because like a 70-year-old doing line dancing, holy shit, then they don't need this money, man. There will be some viral shit yeah. on 70-year-old doing like line dance. Yeah, but so that's where, I mean, this was based on stuff that the people in the focus group kind of voiced out as what they feel is necessary for a decent living. Mm. So I actually think that it's a very worthwhile study. Yeah. And it also forces us to think kind of like, what do we, how do we want our seniors to cope? Okay, but I mean, the, the criticism, I, what I'm seeing... I do see some, okay, there, there is some area that they're, they're saying that um, it's kind of pointless to put this this figure that people need because a lot of people in Singapore are asset re- rich mm-hmm. and cash poor, right? So say some dude living in a bungalow, a $4 million bungalow, but he does he's not working, so he's not earning anything either, yeah, right? Yeah. Does, what does he need? What does he need to survive, you know? Like versus someone who might be working a job even at a really old age of 65 or something like that just to scrape by and pay for medical bills and stuff like that. Mm. So I think what they're saying is that basically just putting a number to it is kind of pointless and, and it ignores a lot of the the schemes that are already out there from social workers, from, from the government and all, which I've heard actually from, from a lot of people who work in the, the public sector that uh, they go on the ground and they visit house to house, they go on house to house visits and they see that even when you give people these kind of grants or, or help, yeah. right? And these are not, they might not even be reflected in the official uh, budgets or anything like that. They, they find that uh, two things are, one is that uh, a lot of the money that's given to them is misused for, for various reasons and uh, number two is it's it, it's not effective lah, in, in its aim of trying to to bring up everyone's, uh, bring up everyone to a dignified level. But not effective, level. it means what? They, they just waste the money away, yeah? Uh, kind of, yeah. 
that and and doesn't doesn't do much. People are not thankful for it. They're not they're not like seeing it as a as as a way to uh yeah like, like you say live a dignified life. Uh. Mm. So so I I mean I'm not on the ground a lot. So yeah. I also don't I might not know a lot of these schemes. But um, there yeah there there is that argument that you know um just giving people some kind of universal basic income, which is a big thing now, right? That a yeah. lot of people are talking about. Doesn't really lead to lead to anything. Uh, but I guess on the flip side, there is very positive studies in some ways for the concept of universal basic income. For those of you who might not have heard of the term, it's this economic theory that to alleviate a lot of the social problems, be it wealth inequality, unemployment, drug abuse, um, everyone should get a basic income every month regardless of what they do. And I think the number that's constantly thrown about is like $1,000 regardless of whether it's USD or SGD. And and yeah, there are some very strong reasons for it. There are very strong reasons against it. But I mean, just the thing about handouts, if you think about the concept of microfinance, that mm. was a big revolution in the 90s. Again, for those of you who might not be familiar, it was something pioneered by this economist, a Bangladeshi economist called Muhammad Yunus, where he discovered it's, it's a lot more relevant in the rural areas that, that instead of giving food handouts to rural villagers, just handing them enough money for them to buy an asset that could potentially uh, create a future income. The best example is getting a farmer an additional cow where he can milk and, and have a stream of income after that. Actually did a lot to lift people out of poverty. Really? That's, Even yeah. today with research, I've, but what I've seen okay. more recently is that it's been ineffective. Uh, no, no, no. So I, I guess, I don't know, I wouldn't say ineffective. Um, the one thing that did corrupt the world of microfinance is the commercialization of it. Mm-hmm. where microfinance institutions started focusing more on economic returns as opposed to social impact. Uh-huh. And this is something that Muhammad Yunus himself spoke, spoke against. And, and this is something that I am very interested in because I thought it was a brilliant thing. But uh, basically, it reached a point where banks were charging, charging interest of up to 40%. And people who had micro loans from one bank would borrow from another micro, uh, bank. And in the end, it was just like the whole economic crisis that happened in the US in 2008 in the microfinance world. So that's why it got tainted. But I think... The, the theory of it still has some merits, which is mm. why, and I, and I do feel that kind of laid the stage for universal basic income. But but going back to your point about this number thing, right? Um, I think, I think the for me, the point of this study, okay, the number thing is in what, you could look at it one way. If these were things that were voiced out as by a, a fairly va- a varied group of elders as what they would need for a dignified life. And I think it was compared with the expenditures of actual elderly people last year, which tend to, tended to match up. To me, it asks the question, if this is what they say is required, it feels like a very reachable thing that can ensure a dignified life for the elderly people. So it's almost saying that, hey, you know, uh, if this can alleviate maybe some social issues, loneliness, suicides, even cases of dementia, is it that big of a stretch? And to me, it was quite quite like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. And it poses the question, like something is... Uh, like you look at it, it could be like, huh, Bluetooth speaker but to the elderly people it can mean a lot and that to me is like oh hmm, that's interesting so that's, that's the value I found in the study and mm. the thing about attaching a number I don't think they're saying that everyone requires this aspect of it I think they were just trying to put a number to kind of say hey you know this maybe all is needed to ensure these people have a happy life which I thought was kind of interesting but the funny thing is that the, the, a lot of the headlines coming out are that this is this amount, 1,379, is how much an elderly person needs to survive in the world's most expensive city. Oh, is it? Which, yeah. which website was that? Huh? I'm at The Edge Singapore. That's literally ah, the headline. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, it's, it's funny because 
when you say Bluetooth speaker, right, are you talking about the OEM brand that you buy from Amazon? Yeah. Or you're talking about a JBL or, or, <laughs> or Bose or something? Speaker. <laughs> Fucking waterproof. Yeah, all these old exactly. people like, hell yeah. It's different, yeah, right? Like one, one allows you to go to Tanjong Beach Club and then like party with your friends and yeah. the speaker still works. The other one, you know, you drop it once, it's done really. So are you saying that these, these, these kind of articles also play a part in like no, I, I'm, packaging I'm just, it in a way because that... Because you look at the number 1379. One, uh. That is... Surprisingly, like very close to, I think based on exchange right now, thousand USD, uh. a very nice number, thousand USD. Yeah, and it kind of, I mean, you think about Singapore. If you know Singapore is world's most expensive city, someone can live with a thousand USD uh, per month, right? That actually sounds like a pretty, like you say, reachable number. Yeah, and everything. Uh. so why are people even complaining that you know Singapore is expensive? Because yeah, like Vivian Balakrishnan said. 10 years ago, right? Do you want to, you need three, you know, for sustaining yourself, You do you want to eat in hawker centre, food court or restaurant? That's what he very famously fired back to an MP who was asking him what, what is the definition of uh, subsistence? Uh? Uh-huh. So same thing here, like, you know, like, that, does this take into account that, that kind of, uh, what kind of lifestyle you choose to want? Because, like even for someone like me, like eating at hawker center is freaking awesome, la. Yeah. And I try to always try to convince my my wife that it's very romantic. Also, you know, like yeah. you bring bring your own wine to the hawker center and you order to have up. She's never falling for it. But yeah, you know, some for some people it, it's like you eat at hawker center every day. That's hardly a dignified lifestyle, like this. Yeah. So it's kind of. So you're saying that that kind of like. Paint Singapore has like a retirement haven, or yeah, it almost in some sense this almost makes it sound like hey. That, that Singapore is doing it right, you know, that you only need a thousand USD to live mm. in the world's most expensive city As to a hang, out, yeah. hang out at Jewel Changi. And, so are you saying that the number is kind of surprising? Yeah, it is surprising to me because yeah. it sounds like, I mean, okay, uh, from what I've been hearing about security guards, uh, like the security guards is one profession where it doesn't hit that on, the monthly, on a monthly basis. Mm. But for cleaners and the... And stuff it, it does it veers somewhere towards that range, you know, for mm. people who work in F and B things like that. Yeah. So yeah, you can live here, you know. What's why 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 are they complaining about Singapore being expensive? Yeah. So then then maybe, what? Oh, hmm. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know whether this includes the assumption that there's CPF handouts uh, for mm. for these people. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. I think this is just saying regardless of where the money comes, this amount should suffice. But yeah. I think what they also pointed out is that a lot of elderly people right now are supported by their kids. Mm, but mm. with the average family size getting smaller and smaller, right, uh, it's going to be a problem in future. La. So and everybody should be fucking more. Yeah, That's fucking more, having more kids uh, and making that, making sure they don't become YouTubers and all so to, they can support them when they're old. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, don't be a YouTuber. Yeah. Unless, unless you're like naturally talented and you know like how to make a million different videos based on different types of things and all that. Yeah, there's some very good examples in Singapore where you can find like what the the types of and how to's uh, that's that's the that's the money maker, yo. How people how people survive. Yeah. But yeah, this well I mean, I don't know Zell, like even for my for my mom, right? Like like uh, so so uh so, I mean when I meet her at the end of the day, it's like she just has to has to talk non stop because yeah, maybe for that day she hasn't had social interaction the whole day, la. Mm. So yeah, I, I live with my mom. Uh, she's super sweet. But sometimes by not having social interaction the whole day, I go back before I can even put my bag down. She's just talking nonstop for five minutes. So that's where I feel that psychologically, right, being an old person, yeah, and it's almost like a forty-year-old, thirty-year-old now saying, "Oh, old people should be this." I'm like, "Hey, you, you don't know what it means to be old." 
just looking at how my own relatives have gone from like the 30-something, 40-something uncles I used to know to like 60s and 70s now. Yeah, it's, it is tricky, man. Yeah. And imagine, another thing about old, your friends die. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Like now when, when some of my friends get like medical issues, I already feel it. And when they die, I'm like, oh, fuck. But when you're old, and people keep dying around you. And let's say you're not married. Yeah. And, and your kids, yeah, you see them once in a while. And and I would think like, maybe a good proportion of the old people don't want to burden their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then you just like, oh, like, oh my God. And if you're telling them like, no, you have no right to have a dignified lifestyle. You just need to survive. But maybe the word, the word, I mean, just playing uh, devil's advocate for a bit. The word dignified could be a little bit of an exaggeration of what it means. Mm. To, to, to live comfortably. Oh, you're think, think, saying dignified feels like a tattler prestige, like nose in the air. Or it's like, of. yeah, if you don't go for that, that yearly vacation, you don't live a dignified life. You know, essentially, I mean, you could yeah. reverse engineer that thought from there, right? So, yeah. I'm saying maybe... Okay, so maybe dignified is not, is not the correct word. Yeah. But I do recall, I think it was years ago when there was this whole talk or, uh, about how the impact of just installing latrines right in rural village rural villages was something very important because and i do recall them using this word it it gave people a dignified way of peeing and pooing mm, which mm. which psychologically right had a huge impact yeah so maybe dignified right now yeah it immediately feels like all oh, this, this it this, sounds like privilege this, uh, you know yeah, this dignity douche. privilege exactly. Words yeah. like that, 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 that inscribe too much meaning to yeah. what should actually be a much simpler term. Actually, maybe maybe that's that's the crux of this whole thing. Maybe yeah, the yeah. way it was packaged, right? And all these fucking media outlets who just kind of sensationalize the shit, yeah. right? Like, maybe, oh, need an annual holiday. Of course, people would be like, oh, people need a holiday for what? Maybe something like comfortable might be Maybe comfortable... I know, I know. Uh, in the in the in the definition or the document, they said a basic standard of living, uh, mm. and then they try to elaborate, saying that you know opportunities to education, employment, and work life balance. But of course, like all mainstream media outlets, who are all about the clicks, and kind of like us too, like, we'll probably put like this in the headline of our podcast. Like, we'll name it dignified. "fucking sensationalist, sensationalist clickbait," like shit. But yeah, maybe that is also part of the problem. Like dignified immediately, especially now in this day and age, this day and uh, day and age, day of age, day and age, day and age of like wealth inequality, elitism, maybe dignified really sets it off on a wrong, on a wrong note. Uh. Yeah, because I, I mean, my, my issue a lot of times is just with the way these things are packaged and the, the so word... snowflake. Uh? I, I, yeah, snowflake. <laughs> I triggered, I triggered. Yeah, it's just, it's just the, the moment, the, the word dignified just already says something. So that was about, a better word. That's what I'm trying to think. Comfortable. No, comfortable is worse. Yeah, like. comfortable might be worse because... You know, you know those people who say, oh, I'm not rich, I'm comfortable. Yeah, you, know I'm that, comfortable. you know that they're fucking rich. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just a cover up. Yeah. But no, then yeah. it's always now, it's all about push yourself out of your comfort zone. So you tell us old people, like, like, you know, you comfort for fuck. Like, hustle, man. Hustle. Yeah, you hustle. Gary V, Gary V your way out of your, yeah. of this shit. Just tell an old person, like, why are you sitting down? Why are you working only eight hours a day? <laughs> yo, hustle 24-7, yo, 365 days a year. 60 is the new 40. I'm sure when Gary V becomes 60 plus, he will probably be still doing that, right? Oh, definitely. That's his whole his whole brand and yeah, and his whole brand. Like even with his dentures and like walking stick and all that, he probably won't. Uh. Yeah, Gary V is the is. I mean, if, if people don't know, he's, he's like a motivational speaker yeah. for millennials. Like, I would say he really yeah. lives and breathes social media, and yeah. he's one of the most like aggressive motivational speakers out there. Because he says his famous line is what "fuck your fuck your parents" or something, right? Yeah. I mean, fuck your parents, fuck your feelings, fuck, fuck your, your feelings, feelings yeah. fuck your no feelings. No one gives a fuck about your feelings. Yeah, yeah. But also, also like fuck your parents because he he's all about like 
your parents' expectations are completely unrealistic and they will ruin your life if you listen to them. Yeah. But I mean, he is really good. Like, he is really motivating, but I can't watch more than five minutes of him at a stretch because then I start feeling like shit and questioning everything I do in, I'm doing in my life. And it's tiring yeah, listening yeah. to him. It's tiring. So are you saying the, the solution is to just, you know those Bluetooth speakers with the old people going to get, just play Gary V. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the preloaded track. Uh. Like, they start, yeah. before they have to, they can listen to their Gertai or Hindi songs. Yeah. Or fucking yeah. one Gary V, one, five one minute. minute. One, one minute enough. Yeah, one, one minute, minute of <laughs> Gary V, preloaded into your Bluetooth, free Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, free Bluetooth speaker. Paid for, uh, sponsored by JBL. Or no, exactly. Maybe all these material things they're asking, right, is yeah. like the equivalent of a YouTube pre-roll ad. So before they, they get their dentures, they have to go for Gary V talk. Yeah, yeah. Or like before on their holiday, the plane is just playing videos of what how they are fucking up their life and how they didn't prepare for their old life and now they are burdened to society. Yeah. The three, like The Rock... Gary V and Nas Daily. La. Yeah, Nas Daily. Like, oh my god, Nas like Daily, the best. Every day, you gotta, you gotta feed them yeah, a little bit of that. Nas Daily. Just one, <laughs> that's like one minute for you. Let's, I'll see you in my next. And just as about you to die, there's like one lifetime for you. See you in your next life. Oh shit, that's a shitty way to go. Your last image. Nas Daily. Nas Daily oh, and god. Gary V. Holy mama. Well, at least you'll be running to the gates of heaven. Yeah. So sure. but, but I guess now it's. it's to, to throw it back to you, millions of listeners out there, what do you guys think about this study? If you just Google um, study basic needs, Singaporean, old people, you would find a lot of articles about it. Uh, you can, yeah, just and just however you want to tell us your thoughts, be it Instagram DMs, Facebook messages, uh, Pigeon as, as always. Um, and yeah, just let us know. Because it is something that, I mean, even between me and Terrence, we are kind of, we haven't really come to an agreement about what our take is on this. Like, okay, if you could sum up your take on this whole study, what would it be? Mm, or that, you? That actually, the, yeah, that, that surprisingly to live in the world's most expensive city is a, you only need a thousand USD per month. Uh, which when, when, the, when that headline goes out there, that's what everyone will see. Uh. So you're saying all the old people in like Florida and like stuff, you're like, holy shit, yo, spring yeah. break to Singapore. Yeah, it actually sounds like doable, right? Yeah. To me, it's the main thing is the, the how all these things that we think huh, are so materialistic and all, if they mean that much to the elderly, right? Maybe the way we kind of treat the elderly should also take this into account. Like. Maybe there's more to just surviving when you're older. Because like. to reference is one, uh, TED talk that I heard years ago about like this I think if I recall this one guy he went around the world and looked at the the communities that have the oldest people on average uh, and I think he singled out two communities one was uh, Sicily if I'm correct in Italy and there's uh, Okinawa in Japan and they had certain characteristics so in Sicily what I recall was that the the whole town kind of worships old people like in the bars right they actually have posters of the oldest people in the village and these old people, yeah, they cycle, they have wine, they have pasta every day. But because the social structure that kind of hero worship the old people, right, made people feel proud to be old. Mm. And it had a huge impact on these people whose diets are kind of shit. Yeah. So that's when he's like, you know, being old is not just about, oh, you know, like this basic health and all. The social infrastructure helps a lot. And in Okinawa, he, he said, I think they have the highest per capita uh, number of centenarians, people who are 100 years older. And he's, he focused on this one group of six women who have been friends for 97 years. Mm. Like they first met when they were six mm. and then they're all 103 now. And they have like every, like two out of the three meals a day together. La. So again, he was saying that, yeah, we need to rethink our, our societies in terms of how we deal with the elderly. Because 
it's not just about giving them a roof and uh, uh, all this. It's about finding a way to make them kind of have more social interactions. You got to show them love, man. Yeah. Tinder, Tinder for like to match with like young people with old people. Yeah. Exactly. I, have you seen those videos of like those guys who have fetishes specifically for much older women like no. octogenarians? No. So so it goes Wait, into... What octogenarians? 80 year olds. 80 year olds and ah. everything. So it goes into... He, then he talks about there's this dude like I saw a video he probably lives in Florida in the US or something but he talks about oh how much he loves the smell of the skin you know it's a bit like musky and powdery and it's soft you know it's not like it's not it's not it's supple it's supple so and then like he loves he loves the grey hair as well because it you know makes her look like a uh, a, a fox. Wait, this sounds familiar. I, I think, think it was uh, History Vice. History might have covered it in like. I covered a Vice piece of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. One guy who goes on dates. He loves old people, and he exclusively dates older women. Damn. So so maybe that's what we need more of in society to yeah. really love old people. And assuming like <laughs> all sexual orientations where people have it, but they might not be afraid to admit it. Now is the time, guys. If you love yeah. old people, just come out, dude. Yeah. Form like a like an old folks home where it's just like fucking. Like anything, what, like, anything goes every day, man. Oh, that's a like a swingers, swingers, old, flo- yeah, old folks, swingers, swingers. Home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, let's say whoever you're swinging with, if they do kind of like pass away, which they eventually do, you get all their assets, even though that might be the wrong thing to set up. Like. But mm. maybe that guy is just an opportunistic mm. guy. He's going, he's hoping to latch on to this one of the rich, rich women, yeah. and just when they pass out, like, like boom, everything's his. No, man, but it sounded genuine, like he really enjoyed. You know, soft the soft uh, supple skin of the stretchiness. Uh, yeah, the stretched the stretched the stretched skin <laughs> skin. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, so let us know your take on old people in Singapore. And then following up on the so now now is when we normally have a better segue into the goofy goofy thing of the mm, week. Mm, mm. Uh and we do have something really goofy this week, which kind of like uh, of course, in the global media, it's it's giving a very uh, specific impression of our dear country, Singapore. So last week, uh, this guy in Singapore got fined 300 Singapore dollars for for littering, uh, basically throwing two rubber bands in public. Shooting them, right? Like, you know, in the style uh, is of... Is it shooting? Is it, is it a real yeah, thing? Yeah, he shot it oh, one sh- in the air and shot one and then it landed It's not just something that people were saying he must have done. No, they, no, he shot, yeah, he was shooting them from the side of the road. He shot them. So, yeah, you know how you do, you would shoot it, a rubber band at a friend across the room. He was doing this in public in, I think, is it by the road or in the car park or something? And both rubber bands landed on the road. And then Oh, okay. So they have like this official statement from from the the agency. Which agency is this? An agency la. Mm. Uh oh, okay. From from NEA la. Uh NEA the National Environment Officers. This is an official statement. Observed This a is man- the National Environment Agency, la, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NEA enforcement officers observed a man walking towards his vehicle and shooting two rubber bands, not at the same time, one after the other. They specifically clarified into the air. Who knows what he was talking about? Uh, so, and the rubber bands landed on the public road. Our officers thus informed him of the littering offense and it issued him an enforcement ticket. So, first of all, I don't know, this is just, can you imagine it happening there? It seems like they really looked at the whole process, they saw the whole thing, and it was undoubted that the rubber bands could have come from anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, but my question is, was he doing shooting the rubber bands randomly? Was he shooting at someone? No. 
I, okay, but you mean you haven't been in the position? Okay, I wouldn't do this in public, but at home sometimes when I have a rubber band, I'm like, oh, you know, if I have two rubber bands, I'm not gonna put it in my pocket. I just try and shoot her. Uh. Yeah, but if it lands on the floor, someone has to pick it up, right? And that yeah, will be your mother. Eh, no, eh, hello, 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 <laughs> no. I, I would likely have picked it up or just kicked it under a bit. But yeah, he might have been. Maybe he was shooting it at the the actual NEA officers themselves or something like that. Like in a car or, or something. But he shot it into the air. Yeah. Maybe he was just like, okay, let's say maybe there was a car park sign and he was walking, he was like, oh, fuck, uh, like, I haven't put my thing in the fuck, shoot it. And don't you, don't you think that when you shoot the rubber band, there, first of all, there's a nice, there's a nice sound effect when yeah. you release it. And to see it, to see a projectile launch from your hand is quite a quite a quite a cathartic thing. Right? Okay, okay. So, the, so what happens? Let's say, don't let, besides because this this kind of throws up a few different scenarios. What if there's a crumpled ball of paper on the floor ah. and you see and you are aiming? You want to be like David Beckham and kick it and hit something. You kick it and it it goes up into the air lah because of yeah. the force of your kick. Yeah, and then lands in public space and you don't pick it up. Is yeah. that considered littering? Oh, you mean it's already litter? It's already on the floor. Or you don't pick it up, but you no, kick it in the air the, and it lands on... I think that would be concept of last touch. Uh. You know, in primary school last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think so it, it will be right. It yeah. will be considered littering. Yeah, yeah it will be considered littering. Oh, that's it's, tough, like, it's like, let's say there's drugs on the road. Yeah. Right? You pick it up and you give it to someone else. You can't just say you found it there. Right? Yeah. It would be it last touch you. La. Oh, that's, that's kind of scary, man. Because yeah. you can't even... That means you don't even... Don't ever kick any trash that you see around. Yeah, you can't. Because immediately... The moment you touch, the moment you touch... It's, it's yours. yours. Yeah. yeah. Like you go to a hawker center, you see this, ta- this table with the half-eaten food, you want to clear it. If you don't bring it there, you leave it on another table, it's you. It's on you. That's oh. your litter. Well, then, but th- okay, but, but for this guy, it's more deliberate. Like he was obviously shooting the rubber bands yeah. himself. So do you think it's a, it's, a, it's a fair punishment? Or like a fair kind of like, eh, hey, you fucked up? Um, yeah, I think if, if he really was just shooting in the air, he wasn't shooting it at anyone in particular. Cause okay, then if he shot, if he shot it at somebody, hit that somebody and then land on a road, whose fault is that? If he shot at somebody and yeah, land and they hit somebody and then land on the road, I think it's still him. It's still him. Yeah, it's yeah still the him. last touch, right? My concept of last touch. No, but it can't be involuntary last touch. Uh, like yeah, it must be like conscious, know. intentional last touch. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. So I mean, even for me, like as much as I think, oh, this is like fucking. They spend their like they just happen. I hope it's just serendipitous. They weren't just camping out looking for like rubber band, rubber band shooters. But yeah, I think, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, you kind of deserve. Yeah, you deserve it. Unfortunately. But then, yeah, in Singapore, we, we, we do have these laws around. So they're, they're yeah. very well known for them. So Yeah, and if you think about it, apparently the for your first offense is a little bug, the minimum fine is $300, which is yeah. served as a warning. Yeah. So he actually got the lower end. It could go up to 2000 Yeah. Yeah, and he so paid the fine, right? I guess, I guess so. Like, I, guess I, he, I read he, that he paid the fine within yeah. a few days, so he wasn't even disputing it himself. Yeah, probably because he knows that if he fucking goes publicly goes to court, he's like, you know, I mean, it would be fun to hear him testify in court. Yeah. Maybe he was really trying to shoot a fly or something. Yeah. But let's say there was a cockroach coming to him, and for some some crazy reason, he thought he could use a rubber band to shoo away the cockroach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a bird. Last time a my bird, friend yeah. got attacked attacked by a crow. I think yeah. it's because he had not cut his hair for a long time. This is a legit story. He got attacked by a crow. And he, the crow thought it was a nest? Yeah. I oh, mean, seriously? assuming like, unless the crow just felt like annoying and a, a human person. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so it was just, it was just funny. Like, but, but like, if you think about it, I mean, littering. So like, this just made me think of, uh, I think recently this week, there was a Malaysian minister 
who basically said they are no longer going to accept trash from other countries. Oh yeah, that's right. So what I know from last year is that China used to recycle or or, or deal with recyclable trash from other countries, but apparently it's a trend. No, they are developing. They are developed countries out there that ship their trash to developing mm-hmm. countries yep. to do to 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 recycle. And and sometimes because as with all things that humans are involved in, it gets political. And sometimes the middlemen who are the ships that transport the the trash get fucked over, and they fucking throw the trash in the oceans. No? Mm. They just throw it. So if you think about it, this guy by not putting the rubber band in the trash actually prevented it from going into the sea. Uh, yes. Yeah. But ultimately, he's, he got to, he still has to pay the fine. Yeah. And, and everything. Then I wonder what they did with the rubber bands. Uh. Probably had to pick it up, man. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. No, but I, <laughs> I love it when you Google. So I Google man find 300 rubber bands and there are these two articles from Malaysia. And you can tell the diligence of the reporters <laughs> la, like in terms of how they, they titled it. So first one was, Men find RM 900 ringgit for shooting two rubber bands onto Singapore Road. The next article by The Star, men find 913 ringgit in Singapore for shooting rubber bands. So you can yeah. tell which journalists had, had more effort to actually Google what the exchange rate is. Uh. Yeah. So actually, between, between those two, I would definitely read the second one because uh, the first one is like, oh, one is to three, fuck that. But actually, do you think, right, you know, now, I mean, it's a really long time coming where we've had a reputation of being very strict for caning if you litter... And now, you know, uh, fines if you shoot rubber bands in the air. That's, it's almost becoming part of our our uniquely Singapore brand that a lot of things you do here uh, are very restricted, right? That it's a fine city and everything. Yeah. I, just now I was walking along Orchard Road and then I was walking past a smoking box outside a hotel and there were these Korean tourists who were smoking and they were literally taking selfies of themselves smoking because they found it so funny <laughs> that they had to stand this tiny little box outside the hotel and like and smoke. So they were just really like, taking like Instagram <laughs> selfies and all. So it's almost like, hey, I'm like, hey, not bad, you know. It becomes like, it's part of our brand now, like, you know, that people come and then they take a picture at M- uh, MBS, they go to Jewel Changi and they take one in the smoking box. Uh, you know? Maybe like, you know those those Russian climbers that kind of break the laws and climb tall buildings yeah, in other countries, right? Yeah, Maybe this Russian yeah. experience they come to Singapore, they fucking shoot, litter. Shoot rubber bands. Shoot right? rubber band, holy shit, they'll be like badass. Badass, yeah. I shoot rubber bands. So if that's part of our brand, you know, we, we rather than feel embarrassed about it, we should be totally just embracing it, like, you know, yeah. like, we cane people, we shoot rubber bands. and, and In and, fact, that could be a marketing pitch, right? Feel like North Korea, except not yeah yeah yeah. passion made possible yeah of course North Korea there's a whole other Pandora's box where there's a whole bunch of other shit happening there but yeah maybe that can be a a, a slant for for an approach for STB instead of passion made possible it's almost like you know like how can you know darkness when you've never known light Mm -hmm. so maybe for these foreigners who feel like oh in their country they can't do shit they come to Singapore, they realize they can't fucking shoot rubber bands. Yeah. Maybe then when they come for one week, they can't chew gum, they can't shoot rubber bands, they can't do drugs, they can't do shisha, they go back to their countries, they appreciate their countries more. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, you know, this concept of dark tourism. Which, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I've, I've told you about last time, like five years ago, about me wanting to start this business where, because to me, like, everyone now sees, like, especially people who, like, hate their jobs and want to get away for holidays, they work 51 weeks of shit the whole year, they spend one week abroad, and that's what makes them appreciate their, their, their life for that one week. So what if you flip it? You, for that one week, for their holiday, they go to a shittier place. So instead of doing 51 works of shit and having one week of heaven, you do, you do one week of shit to make the other 51 weeks more tolerable. Yeah. 
Yeah, and back then when I was telling people, people like, I think I think I told you this a long time ago, mm, right? And you're like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. And then now it's an actual branch of tourism called dark tourism. So maybe that's how Singapore should pitch ourselves to other countries. I mean, now we have those uh, places you can go and smash shit, right? Just yeah. to, to relieve stress. Yeah. I think like literally smash like old printers, old yeah, computers yeah. with a sledgehammer. Yeah. But actually, thinking of this rubber band thing, it, it brings me back to something that we did before that we almost got in trouble with, with the police for. Remember, there used to be International Pillow Fight Day. Oh, yeah. And then we actually like tried to host one and then we thought, oh, maybe like 10 people show up and then end up, I think like almost 150 people showed Haji up Lane. on Haji Lane <laughs> with pillows dressed in, in pyjamas. And then we started, I mean, we thought it'd just be a pillow fight. You whack and then you leave, right? Yeah. But um, some people had other plans or so. Which was what? In essence, the the pillows burst open and all the feathers all came out <laughs> and basically they were all over the road. Yeah, and, I think and, it and rained prior, so the, yeah. the water on the floor made the feathers quite like just yeah. come together and it wasn't a it, it wasn't, wasn't a pretty, pretty sight. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 to, to our credit, we, we actually stayed behind to pick up yeah. almost everything. We cleared almost everything. But there were still people who weren't really pleased if the, the shop owners around And one of our fellow organizers had to go to the police, right? Yeah, it was questioned because uh, I guess, yeah, at that point being young and impressionable, we were like, oh, you know, it's only five people going to turn up and everything. But yeah. ended up like, yeah, 200, almost 200 people yeah. came. <laughs> and we weren't prepared to handle that. Now. Oh, so how, how does it relate to the uh, rubber band thing? I mean, the, the feathers burst from the pillow and, yeah. and you know, is that is that really like, and then the wind blows and it flows here and flows there. Is that, is that, is so... Is that considered literary? I think, I think that is. Uh. It is. Uh. Yeah, but is you can't literary. help it. Uh. I mean, the, the pillow bursts from you hitting someone. That's not, it's not your that's fault. Like, right? But that's like saying like you're walking and then you accidentally spill like your Migo ring on the floor. Ultimately, okay. you still litter. Uh. Okay, you're drunk and then you walk around and you vomit and you can't I help think it. you're still littering. Uh. What? Then you want to clean up your vomit if not. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, actually that's interesting. Uh. If someone vomits. Yeah, into, into a plant in the section with like grass or something like that. You know? Huh. So, so yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, it's not something that you want to happen either, but well, you're going to okay, cap so, it with your so both hands. So let's say you, you're, you're, you're walking and you throw a banana peel on a grass, like a, a, a bush. Oh, that, that's right? littering, right? That, that's that's littering. littering? Because you are taking something that's not from you and you're just throwing okay. it out. So you're saying, but then pooping? Uh, that's kind of, that's indecent. Uh, indecent. Pooping and vom- vomiting, what's the difference? Okay, peeing. One is an indecent, and both are indecent acts. Like peeing, yeah. peeing but you're saying pooping. pee, you're saying vomiting is not littering. That's what I'm saying that sometimes, you, I mean, that, okay, let's say you're pregnant, don't say you're drunk, let's say you're pregnant or something and then you're walking and then you suddenly have, you know, you feel like you're nauseous and you vomit. Yeah. What, you're supposed to pick it up? Ooh. Pregnant lady? Wow. Or then any official comes and finds you $300? Wow, Shella, then you write a long Facebook post, or then you get public sympathy. Yeah, that's what I'm no, saying. But like, if you vomit, okay, what if you take the definition that if you're putting something that isn't supposed to be there? Yeah. Is that considered littering? Uh, so vomit lah, vomit. Yeah, yeah. Vomit's I think I think vomit is littering, eh? Yeah, but if it, it can get washed away by the rain quite easily. Yeah, but then that's like saying this, uh, like a banana peel also will disintegrate over time, what? Oh shit, man! Oh, this is like yeah. no, but a banana peel okay takes much longer time. It takes much longer time. It rots. It attracts. Okay, then flies. like let's say not banana peel. Maybe it's just like a a grape skin. Uh. Yeah, I think I think as long as you are putting something that wasn't there, right, is littering. Wow. Maybe maybe for for if you vomit, uh, and let's say you make it even purely innocent, yeah, like pregnant and you vomit, maybe you can get a pardon, la, But I think I still think 
if like once the AI kicks in and, and the satellite uh, monitors every one of our movements and you're detected even for vomiting when you're pregnant on, on the street, you might you might get called up for committing an offense. Case, so case by case basis. La. Yeah, case I think, by case. So the best defense against littering is I'm pregnant, I don't feel well. Yeah. Like you're going to find me $300 now. Yeah. <laughs> so then what's an equivalent for men? Say you are having a, whatchamacallit? Uh... What's, yeah. what's something that's that's like like great defense for men? I don't think we important. Uh. No, I cannot lie, right? Yeah, men don't really men we, we don't get that that excuse uh, that that get out of jail. So card. much for gender <laughs> equality. You can write to your MP and say that I served in national service and I, I did a lot of good work. Uh, so <laughs> area so, cleaning is not my So thing. once again to the millions of people listening to this podcast, what are your thoughts? Is again, like one thing is like yeah, is vomiting considered littering? Uh? Yeah, if and if you have friends overseas who want to come to Singapore and be badasses, you yeah. know, and try to you know shoot rubber bands in public, uh, you better tell them better watch the fuck out, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you know, don't bands. come and think your drive-by shootings from America can be done here. Yeah, that's right. Because you shoot bands. and you don't kill the bullet. <laughs> bullet that's also exactly, littering. Exactly. So, uh. So I guess that's that's kind of enough we've spoken about these two issues. Yeah. The next thing which we normally end off all our podcasts with is one shock thing that yeah. both Terence and I have come across in our individual lives over the past week that we think is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. So, Terence, what have, what have you come across? Uh one shock thing. I mean, I'm a big proponent of uh local acts whether it's music or or content creators and all. And uh after the binging on Jasmine Soko last week, YouTube started recommending recommending me other local artists. Then I discovered there's one group called Disco Hue, mm. and uh, the funny thing is that yeah, like when I it was when I asked young people about it, all, oh yeah yeah they've been around for years, you know. But then when like an uncle like like me discovers it, it feels like oh shit man, these guys are freaking awesome because they make music that sounds like it came from the nineties. Like mm. it came from to me, it sounds like. Something that the old boy bands or like you know S Club Seven mm. would have written and performed in the nineties, really? but it's now performed by these young like early twenties millennials who think that oh the nineties are so cool you know. So they you, you like, do you think they are really trying to bring back the nineties or it just so yeah yeah I mean the the, the the name of the band is Disco Hue so I definitely disco. if they're saying disco probably yeah. to them like disco means like old you know old, the old people what old people used to listen to and all that and then oh. they're probably influenced by a lot of the they heard a lot of the old. 90s stuff. And now and retro is cool, right? So yeah, so I think it even surpasses retro because in Japan, there is a specific category of music called city pop mm. where it's literally Japanese bands that produce pop that sounds like it came from the 90s. Oh, It's called city pop. Like it's a whole genre. There are a lot of bands and they create new music and, uh, oh. and they are very popular. Huh. So in uh, international pop or what, you know, we always say stuff is retro. Everything is retro. Like 60s, yeah, 70s, 80s. Yeah, yeah. But if you, let's say the music from era still has licks and still has an audience and all that. Why not just continue creating it but yeah, give it its own category? Yeah. Hmm. So what it sounds like to me, these guys are, are doing something like that where they, they say, hey, I like that 90s style of music, you know, a mixture of guy and girl vocals. You're singing about very normal lovey-dovey. Not lovey-dovey but like there's a strong disco beat and you're singing about very... Um, not deep topics. Like in the 90s, hmm. we were not... We were not, we were not like talking about very deep topics in the 90s in uh, pop music. Yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, and it, and it appeals to people in their 30s because, or 30s or 40s because you grew up in the 90s, you know. Mm. So there's a big audience right there. These oh, guys cool. are so brilliant, you know, to, to, to capture that. 
Wow, I definitely will check it out because I, I know the last time I checked out Jasmine Soko, I got obsessed and just went on a binge, binge like crazy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Disco Hue. We will put like a a, a link to like to that music video or something. Song yeah, in the, the, in the description of this podcast. Yeah, the latest music video or something. Because yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, that a whole other discussion also, but the the way they package themselves also, uh, I think that's worth discussing a lot like How Singapore artists package themselves. I see. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The next time we we'll talk about that. So, so my my one shock thing is a lot more specific and a lot more serendipitous. Uh. Is is this video of this in Indonesian Grab rider? So like, it's the Grab motorbike who just happened to pick up a passenger who looks like him, and yeah. he recorded it, and it's fucking hilarious. I think I mean the fact that I watch so many videos every day, like just a consequence of that is that I rarely get that tickled to laugh out really? loud. But does he really look? Yeah, he really. <laughs> no, because I did see the video. I fucking thought it's like I mean okay they don't look exactly but they have the same facial hair same skin mm. colour same features so you can tell they're different people yeah. but I just thought like I think if you read the article uh, the header it doesn't sound like much but I just happened to click on the video and it fucking brightened my day man like just it just it just felt like oh my god it's one of those things you see like here are two people who are just enjoying the moment to its fullest and like, wow, I just feel like just jumping on and being the third person behind them and just enjoying the ride. Uh. Do you think it could have been uh, an engineer? Oh, you mean deep fakes? Uh? No, 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 as in... Fuck they, you, la. don't ruin really, it for me. No, 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 no. What they already know they look like. No, they're no, just no, like please, pretending no, as if no, they're meeting no, each other for the no, first time. No, no, I'm not going to... Why you, is that not possible? You've done this before me. You've ruined all this fucking thing. It. This is like the but time... I, this time I found out like MasterChef and all that amazing race is fake. No, knowledge, no, this is real. Knowledge nope, is power. Nope, this is, 100%, is power. this is 100% authentic, serendipitous, real, emotional, and just shows the best part of humanity. And so that was the, the Flat Earth podcast you just listened to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so so before Terence tries to burst my bubble anymore, we're going to end it now. Now. <laughs> Ending it now. But yeah, as, as per all our podcasts, please subscribe, follow, leave a comment, leave a review. It I will help us a lot. Uh, specifically, rate us on iTunes yeah, if you iTunes. can. Because uh, we're not sure how this, we're, we're quite new to this whole podcasting yeah. ecosystem as well. And apparently what we hear is that to get more people to, to listen to the podcast so that you have something to talk to with them about it, rate us on iTunes. Yeah. More people can hear about and it. And along that note, I mean, so far, we've been getting pretty good feedback on, on this podcast. So if you enjoy it, it would be really helpful even if you just tell one other person this week. Just send them a link. We're on Spotify now, so we're a lot easier to find and listen to. So yeah, we just want to keep it this way. Like Just keep talking about stuff that we feel are important to us and hopefully important to you. So yeah, help spread the word. And this has been Yala. But... <laughs>